0: Well, hey, Eastlake, it's Kristen and Peter here with hey, everybody. you, um, and we're recording a Christmassy kind of message, we think, <laughs> and so I tried to be festive. For those of you who are listening, it's okay, you won't notice this, you won't be able to tell, but I'm wearing red, and I'm drinking from my Christmas mug, and I'm sitting in front of my family's gingerbread houses, which I have to point out, there's Four, because one time we tried to do one together and it just went really poorly. (laughs) It went so poorly that now we all get our own because we all have our own ways of wanting to do it. And so that's why there's four. Um, Again, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't tell, but my husband's will always look like an actual house because he's a builder. And then my daughter's is always like, She's very artistic. So she tried to do this whole painting thing with the frosting and then she gets bored and leaves. So it's like <laughs> not done. And then my sense is like, how much candy can you fit on this thing? Like just pouring out of all sides and angles. And then Andy told me in mine is, um, what did he call it? boring and symmetrical. <laughs> Is that I, like, a compliment? I, I consider it um, because I copy the box and just make things look like you
1: follow it. the rules, You follow <laughs> Lego instructions. That's smart to do multiple gingerbread houses. We've, we've landed on that too, mostly just because we have to have a designated house that our three-year-old can come steal the candy off of when we're not looking. Like if we don't give him his own house, he's going to take all the candy off the <laughs> other ones, which would be a war zone for that future. Every kid needs their own house to steal candy from. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, ours is high up, so they can't get it anymore. Ah,
1: oh, well, my kids just climbers or something. I don't know. They figured it out. Um, I did see a meme about climbing. By the way, my like the kid like I can't reach just hit the cap. Um, and it's like a, a foot away from him. Like I can't reach. Can you help? <laughs> Meanwhile, like he's also on the fridge grabbing everything <laughs> Right. So, anyway that's our life. You look so festive. Congratulations on that. I I feel like you Thanks. definitely win the Christmas spirit award um all I'm bringing to the table from a christmas spirit standpoint is a green background. So at least that's something. It's it's some contribution, right? I almost wore a red hoodie but I worried that we'd be twins and I just figured I'll change it up and go neutral.
0: <laughs> nice. Um okay, well we're doing we feel like we should have some sort of message for christmas and yeah. um we've gotten out of it the last few years. We've had Jason do um a couple of like season ending winter messages and I actually looked back on the last Christmas talk I did I think was in 2017 and I actually looked back at my notes and some of the same stuff we're going to be talking about today so I felt proud of myself that I had evolved
1: you didn't have to delete in, any of it
0: into, well <laughs> I, I mean I would there's something that's not going to be included today but I was just <laughs> like proud of myself that in 2017 I had um some of these thoughts that that we're talking about today so anyway i, way, I think i think the part of it that is strange and what we've kind of been talking about is if there's any part of you that has gone through some sort of faith transition or faith shift um not necessarily even out of evangelicalism but maybe beyond um then when you come up upon holidays like Christmas and Easter that are very central to the Christian calendar, um, you have these thoughts of like, okay, so what do we do? Is this, for me, it feels different. It might look different. And how do we kind of manage that? And so that's what you and I've been talking about, even just as friends, when we talk about like, you know, like, hey, Peter, what are you and Brittany telling your kids about this or that? Or yeah. um, And so that's kind of the discussion we're going to have today is um, how our views of Christmas have changed. And I would say um, evolved into something even bigger and more beautiful than it was before.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly agree. And our discussions we've been having have been reminders of, I think, our evolution, my personal evolution, um, and then having kids when you have, like, when you remember what you were told about this season and now I'm sharing what I think this season is about. Um, it's, it's different. And, um, I think they're at least growing up quite evangelical you're kind of handed this script about here's why Christmas is extremely important. And it's, it's all about the birth of Christ. And it's all about, um, you know, the star and, the future messiah and the narrative that i'm assuming many of us are familiar with um, my kids are very excited about the fisher price nativity um <laughs> that they can throw at each other uh, which right we still have a nativity in our house right that hasn't changed because that the jesus narrative is a massive part of christmas in america for sure right not necessarily in every country but um in our country, like the the Jesus Christmas narrative isn't going anywhere, and so we're certainly speaking to that. But how we frame it's probably a little bit different than uh, than how we how I was taught it, about it. And I think, at least for me, the, the way I, I think about it or how I have um, how I'm kind of currently uh, concluding um, what I think about the the Jesus part of Christmas is that I include it, and I include other meaningful parts of what the season can be about as well. So. I, I, the way I see it is like I'm not, um, re- I don't reject the Jesus story as being an, a, a tremendously important part of Christmas narrative, um, but I also include other other stories, There's other ver- versions of the story. I think sometimes that can be heard as like, that's not true. And I, I don't think that's my experience at all. Like, I think there's a ton of beauty and truth and compelling ideas about, um, about the Jesus narrative and his birth and all the stories that are told um, about Jesus. Uh, All those things, there's a ton of things that can be really compelling about that. And then I've just found other stories to also be interesting. And I like to include more stories um, around this season in my perspective um, to just have more beauty and truth. That makes sense. So it's not a rejection for me as much as maybe a expansion. It's kind of how I'm thinking about it.
0: Yeah, me too. Oh, back to the transcendent include, right? Transcend
1: and include. Right? <laughs> and and include. Transcend oh, that's been include. a motto
0: for like a really long time. <clears throat> I feel the same way. I feel like growing up in a church world, it was like Jesus is the reason for the season, and everything else was kind of um what are the words? Like secular, outside, like
1: <laughs> False narratives, <laughs> right? You know, that I'm yeah. I, those are some things I've heard for sure.
0: Yeah, or like the idea, I think just the idea that like other people are stealing a Christian holiday um yeah. when they put up a tree and they celebrate and they don't even believe in <laughs> Jesus. Like that was kind of what I um not from my family, but from the church world, that was what yeah. I kind of received. And I feel like for me. Just hold
1: on, just that sentence, though. Like, other people are stealing a Christian holiday because they're putting up a tree. <laughs> I So they're like, the,
0: most, like where is
1: the, the tree's not in our nativity, set." So I'll just put it that way.
0: I know. I know. But that's what I, that's what I think of when I think of any sort of Christmas celebration that's not centralized on the baby Jesus. So, um, but I think in my evolution it's just allowed the holiday to, I think that transcendent include to include more, it makes it feel more full. It makes it feel mm-hmm. bigger and more inclusive and all of the things that I think Jesus would want a celebration to be, which is so funny to say. So I just feel like my, there was a little bit of fear when you start to pull apart some aspects of your religious tradition there's fear that you're going to lose something and I think for me um it feels relief to be like oh but I feel like I've gained more so that's where I'm coming from when it comes to Christianity and Christmas (laughs) um and then I I wanted to introduce kind of to Eastlake this book that we've been reading it's yes. called "For Small Creatures Such as We" by Sasha Sagan, and we're going to be talking about it a lot in 2023, I think. But um, so, Sasha is the daughter of Carl Sagan. Um, Tom told me I was pronounced. Did I pronounce it okay? Tom I think told you me said I it great. A, Tom said I had an accent. <laughs> you
1: to... <laughs> Midwestern. You're, yeah. How you say your A's? No, yes. Sagan. You said it great.
0: Carl Sagan. Um, so my kind of view, my memories of like Carl Sagan were atheist scientist and doesn't believe in god doesn't believe in god um and this book that his daughter wrote um so I I used to have this idea that an atheistic view of the world was so empty they just they didn't believe in anything and how sad that must be. That was kind of the
1: Totally. It's hopeless, right? By yes. default, right? There's yeah. void of purpose, nihilism, right? Like there's no meaning to anything now.
0: Yes. Which is so um ill-informed.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So much yeah. of my the view. Sounds like you've I'm never
1: doing. talked to an atheist before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, this book um has been really transformative for Me. Um, It was brought to us by Peter's wife, Brittany, and to our leadership team that is planning 2023. And so we've all been reading it, and I have just loved it. And I think um, the thing that is most striking to me is that reading this book from her perspective, she talks about rituals and seasons and holidays and all of these things. Um, The thing that was so striking to me is that because of her belief that there is no provable anything after this life. And because of her um, strong holding in like scientific proof and things like that. Um, Because of that, it's not that everything is dark. It's that everything is more meaningful and more miraculous. Um, Mm -hmm. That life is that much more precious because we don't know what lies beyond it. And that was surprising for me and really moving for me.
1: Certainly. Yeah. And I I think, too, for those of you following along, um, we'd encourage you to pick up the book and kind of follow along. Even throughout the year, the the length of the book or the structure of the book kind of goes through the seasons and some of the different holidays um, and and shares Like, how are these celebrated across cultures? How are how is the winter solstice, which is what Christmas is revolving around? Or um, this there's holidays across every culture during this time of year. Um, so we we were focusing on that for this talk, but we'd encourage you to kind of pick it up and go through it for the year too, because I think it will. If you if you are kind of asking some of the same questions that Kristen brought up at the beginning, is like without an, a narrative that like infuses meaning as this is the only reason why we celebrate Christmas and there's no other good reason, or what what is meaningful about spring, what is meaningful about summer, what is meaningful about these different kind of natural breaks in our calendar. I think this book could be helpful for you as you're. Like all of us are trying to live meaningfully and live intentionally. And so I, I love her perspective on it. And regardless, I, I don't think you need to like. Like the book isn't to try to con- is trying to convince anybody either to hold uh, an atheistic <laughs> perspective no. or an agnostic perspective. Um, I think it's trying to share that even from a perspective that is scientific in its worldview, looking for evidence to, to support things. Um, it's not it's not a lot of room for magic in her worldview um she has essentially been very intentional about being focusing on meaning and living meaningfully
0: yeah and I think that's what we're trying to do is just like infuse our life with meaning um and so we're looking at all these things that we do in our life and we're like, what is the meaning behind it and so I think that's part of what this whole Christmas thing is is what is the meaning behind it what can what kinds of, multiple meanings can we bring into this season? So I think one of the interesting things that was when she talked about, and we've known this, this is part of my, one of my messages, the 2017 message was um, kind of the Christianity co-opting the winter solstice. I don't know. Do you want to talk about yep. that? I thought that was so, it's yes, just so interesting. I love to me.
1: Yeah. And I'll just read a quote from the book too. Um, yeah. This is in the, the winter chapter, but the quote from Sasha Sagan says, "Whenever." Um, The birth of Jesus was, that's what she's talking about. The commemoration of his birth wasn't established until about three centuries later, 300 years after his birth, when Roman church leaders decided it should be on December 25th. They did this so that they could co-opt the existing polytheistic Roman holidays that centered around the winter solstice. In the leap year, less Julian calendar, the shortest day of the year was on or within a day of December 25th. This made things a little easier on Romans as they bid goodbye to their many gods and adjusted to life as Christians. And I never knew that. I like never connected the dots about why the 25th was chosen. Um, I was still growing up that like that probably wasn't his actual birthday, but I, I never knew that the reason why I wound up on the 25th was because it was from a previous holiday. Yeah. I had found that
0: out um, years back. And I remember having a conversation with some fairly like fundamental evangelical people and bringing that up. And it was like shocking to them. Um, And just a reminder too, of like the little steps that we take in moving in our faith is that like, so what do you do with new information? And something like that doesn't have to change anything. Or it can, depending on how tightly you hold your beliefs. So anyway, I thought it was interesting how she went through like all kinds of different religions and cultures and how it's like universal to celebrate the solstice Um, and how like for centuries, different cultures have been celebrating essentially the return of light, which is what it is. Um. And you and I were talking about like, why is that, why is that such a celebration? And it's probably because winter was so hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, was, Did you say was? Cause I still find it hard today <laughs> and I have electricity I know. and here I am seated in at, my warm house.
0: The sunset <laughs> at like 413 the other day. And I was like, what in the world is happening? But if you think about like a thousand years ago, what would that have been like?
1: worse like way worse (laughs) and also like it's hard now so like if you think about how cold it would be and how like I was thinking about food and talking to the kids about this the other day like the experience of food in winter like you have to store nothing's the only food you have was the food that you packed away in salt or in Mm -hmm. the ground or like the, I mean, you can keep it in the snow. We can; it's, it can be refrigeratable, but it's old food. And like, and, and think about even getting close to like, in the, the book she talks about. Imagine the first strawberry of the new season, and how big of a deal it would feel to be like finally eating a strawberry again. And now we're like, oh, I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go have an avocado um, in December because yeah. I can have access to anything—mangoes or there's no I'm, there's no shortage of strawberries um, in our life. And so I think sometimes that the challenge of the growing season and the experience of like the celebration of like a spring party, because you've been in the, the depths of winter, we might not have an appreciation for it. Like, I think they would have a long time ago, even the light piece that if you think about the winter holiday without electricity, mm-hmm. like candle light of, was all you weather. had. Right. And I feel like our house is so dark all the time and we have lighting in every room right but like the the natural light is gone at four and like Brittany and i the other day are talking about oh, like i'm just talking grumpy and i'm being annoying And we're both just talking about like i just feel like i can't go outside it's too cold to go outside it's too rainy to go outside it's too dark or i can't i can't go run around at four because i might slip on the ice <laughs> whatever. <right>? so <laughs> i just think the winter like the the purpose of having a, a holiday is like now What what did she say in the book now more than any other time in the middle of winter in the middle of darkness like we need to throw a party we need to throw a party to be reminded that light is coming
0: yeah yeah she said more than any other time of the year we need a holiday in the dead of winter we need something to remind us that darkness is not forever right and i think about that of course like figuratively too like there's so much that is dark and hard um and we do We need a reminder that it doesn't last forever, though it feels like it might. And so I think um, I appreciate that perspective, too, of just the history and trying to imagine life without this house and all the amenities that we have. Like you said, I can go to the grocery store today after this and buy fruit from the Philippines and Mexico and, you know, um, but also... Just the reminder that any type of darkness um, doesn't last forever. And that can be hard to remember. So a time when we when we actually celebrate that, that we can remind ourselves that there is light coming. Um, Yeah. You know, if every Christmas light we look at reminds us of that, then there's so much more meaning to it. When I sit and stare at my tree, it's not just beautiful, it's beautiful because. Um, it's a reminder um, that there is light in the darkness. I love that. So I think, you know, what we've talked about is that like there's, there's shifts and expansions of meaning for us when it comes to this holiday. And so I wanted to kind of talk through. So now what does it look like? What are these intentional things that we're doing and how do we use our holiday, our holiday traditions, but, with a more like informed and expansive point of view. Um, So what are your thoughts on that? What kinds of things, how has your holiday expanded?
1: Well, in in a number of ways, but I think the, the big like takeaway for me from this experience of kind of reflecting on how has Christmas changed or grown for me it has to do with, by the way, is that super loud? Nope. Can you hear things through my, okay. Cause I have my my, my three-year-old's here. And so I wasn't sure if you <laughs> were can't. able to hang out with them.
0: Hi oh, like, Benny. No, I can't hear them <laughs> okay, Good.
1: good. Um, well, I, I think one of the biggest things that I've been kind of reflecting on is, and I think we're going to have more discussions on this, but what parts of the Christian tradition still apply? Um, regardless of your worldview, um, I, I thought about, I think one of my favorite quotes in the book had to do with um, the tree and some of the thoughts on the evergreen tree. I, I wanted to read it. Um, but she said, she says the use of the evergreen trees, wreaths and gardens symbolize eternal life was a custom of ancient Egyptians, Chinese and Hebrews tree worship was common among Europeans and survived their conversion to Christianity. Have so if you ever wondered, why am I bringing this tree in? Like, was that, was that like, is that in the Jesus story? It's not a Jesus story. That's just something that if you're Christian, like you probably did that all growing up. And if you didn't grow up Christian, you probably have some kind of tree. Most, at least Americans have a Christmas tree in their house that they either hauled in like Clark Griswold or they unpacked from a box. that I did just year, <laughs> assembled and plugged in, right? Um, but to think about like, that's been, that's a, a, a holiday or tradition that, um, has been in existence across cultures for thousands of years It's just crazy to think about Um, but she said humans have been decorating trees particularly evergreens for eons for good luck and as a reminder of what spring will bring it's like this way to look into our living room and be like spring's coming spring's coming no matter how dark this season like we know light's on the way and then this last one, I never thought about I feel like such a dupus for not knowing this, but that's um, why ornament looks so much like fruit. So if you think about your Christmas tree, you probably have these like beautiful, my mom always had these beautiful glass balls that were always at the top that I couldn't reach because I would break them. That's how we do it in our house too. Um, I have a Gonzaga University <laughs> ornament that looks like a huge blueberry. And I didn't think about the fact that it's a tree, right? It's a tree that's supposed to look like a fruit tree because if you're in, in the, the middle Texas of winter, and you're not eating fruit. How beautiful would it be to have a tree as a reminder that fruit's on the way, that growth is on the way, that blossoms are on the way. Um, I just love that idea. And that is just an expansion for me of like way, just ways to bring meaning to the, the holiday. And I think it makes my attitude better when I have to go <laughs> dig up so much Christmas stuff because there's just like so many boxes of, of decorations. And I full uh, transparency, I can be annoying and grumpy about that stuff, right? Like I can be... Uh, it's work. It's work to celebrate. It's work to throw a party. It's work to decorate your house. So to be reminded of why we're doing this, what's it supposed to be a reminder of or symbolic for, I found helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Andy and I always bicker uh, at the tree at some point. So that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think one of the things for me is just the idea of marking time. Yeah. That every year... In December, there are things that we do that mark time. And that's been really important to me. Um, As I've kind of read this book and kind of pondered, and also the natural natural evolution of a family is you watch your kids get older and older and there's this kind of panic. Like I feel this panic that my kids are going to be old (laughs) soon. And so I really have this like, deep down innate desire to mark the time um and i i find it interesting that like our government and our society as a whole has kind of accepted that like right everybody gets december 25th off and new year's off and it's kind of like everybody is saying just stop if you can stop and enjoy and i know that that's like a little bit reductive and Not everybody can stop and enjoy, but I think that's part of what these holidays are for me. It's just a moment to stop and enjoy. And I told Peter earlier um, this year when the, I turned on the Thanksgiving, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And as soon as it started, I started crying. (laughs) I was like, what is happening to me? (laughs) Um, And it was just because it was this, marking of time like the christmas season begins when that music starts when that parade starts and you know it's like the bluey balloon and you know the rockets um but it it had me emotional because i was looking at my kids and they were on the couch with andy and um just i appreciate and i will take any and every moment to recognize what's good in my life and what we have
1: yeah I think that's even what sometimes the holidays offer us is like that ability to see that i'm experiencing something I, like the ability to notice yourself being thankful right like because you can like be thankful for when jb and hallie are watching a cartoon with andy too but for some reason when it's the holiday and when it's like this natural like the house is decorated we're watching this thing right like Brittany's never teared up when I watch Monday Night Football with the boys. Um, but it's it's still like it is something you could tear up over because this is like why you like you're trying to spend time together, right? And so I love that about how the holidays kind of create those noticing moments, those ability that we can then see like this is I'm lucky or I'm fortunate or I feel grateful that I get to experience this moment when I think sometimes it's harder to do that in the the day to day. I was thinking about our most recent family trip we, we went over and visited my wife's grandma. And um, when you think, when you think about marking time, like we brought Thanksgiving to grandma because grandpa's not there anymore. And grandpa mm. was there a couple years ago and he wasn't, uh, he passed away, um, in 2020. And, um, it's a, when you talk about marking time, like the holidays are just like reminder that like life is short, yeah. and to be present, and to be grateful for these moments, and to be grateful for Thanksgiving with Grandma, mm-hmm. because it's just Grandma this year, and we won't go to Grandma's house every year for the rest of our lives. Uh, yeah. This is a chapter that you're in when with without Grandpa and with Grandma. Um, I was listening to this Ben Rector song, um, and some people love him. Maybe you, maybe you. Uh, I'm not sure if you even know who he is, but he nope. talks about really meaningful things, and he has this Thanksgiving song that he wrote. And it talks about all all the all the kids from the kids table are now moved to have kids of their own, right? Yeah. And I can see uh, my grand my grandpa's eyes in my nephew, and this idea of like especially growing older, and and the holidays are this reminder of these moments are really precious, and they're not forever. Yeah. Um, I was even thinking about that as as Joel, my eight year old, is talking about Santa and talking about. Um, kids believing in Santa and how he's excited for Santa to come this year. And Tess, my 10 year old, um, is smiling and just listening. And she looks over and winks at me because she kn- she she's lost the magic when it comes to Santa. <laughs> and just recognizing that, like, that chapter is over for one of my yeah. children. And Christmas is not worse. It's not like you have to have Santa to have a meaningful Christmas, but like that window with one, uh, we're one down and a couple to go. But yeah. it's just, it's a different experience of Christmas. And so I think it's an important thing to kind of, it helps you mark time and to find meaning in the moment.
0: Yeah. I know I cried again at another thing on TV when there's a Fred here commercial. And it <laughs> yes. says, um, it shows like this evolution is, of Is family. this the drop
1: it low, 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 the <laughs> coupon one that I love so much? We love
0: that one too. <laughs> but it says, it shows this evolution of family in a cookbook. And it says, today's holidays are tomorrow's memories. And I feel that same way of like my grandparents are gone and they were here. So Mm -hmm. the uniqueness of holidays to mark time is really important. Um, I feel like the other thing that I've been thinking a lot about is just the idea of anticipation. Like, Christmas is literally anticipation for kids. That's like really all it is. Just like the countdowns and the advent calendars and the like just waiting for Christmas morning and how like winter solstice was the anticipation of light returning, not actual springtime. It was like this hope and expectation that what was true in the past is going to be true again this year and that Mm -hmm. it does get better and it does return. And so I feel like Christmas gives me that opportunity of like anticipation Mm. and i think maybe even anticipation can be viewed as hope and hope's been a tricky word for me um, over the last few years but i feel like christmas can be a time for me to acknowledge that like there are things to be hopeful for and about Mm -hmm. and especially for those people who find themselves in like a season of darkness Like the reminder that it doesn't stay dark forever and that can be really hard, but sometimes you need the reminder of that because it doesn't feel true at the time. And so maybe like a child asking for gifts, I feel like I might need to train myself a little bit in hope. Like, yeah. so I've been doing this kind of exercise with myself in anticipation of this talk of this, you know, conversation with you of. Just recognizing that so much of my mental load is the mundane of life. I like literally go through mm-hmm. my day and I'm like, don't forget the laundry. Have we done dishes? Pack the lunches. Where's the homework? Oh my gosh, the laundry. Do it again because it's sat in the yeah. wash for a day. Um, <laughs> so and like, good. did I take the garbage cans out? I need to go to the grocery store. What's for dinner? Just I, my days pass really quickly with, and not, not that those things are bad, just I'm not spending my days hoping about what could be and I think that there's a time Mm -hmm. for that and I need to make time for that and so trying to think through in this Christmas season the way my kids are pondering like what gifts are they going to get yeah um trying to be like what like what could hope look like for me what if I took that risk and did that thing what could that look like what could 2023 look like if I did that thing or what if I focused on this relationship and actually tried to make it better? What if there was hope in that? And what could it look like? What would I, what what's the best version that I can imagine for myself? And um trying to think about that because it does give me a sense of hope if I can picture something being different or better.
1: I love that. And I think that can be hard. Like if you, if uh, for people who have been listening or following along, like if you've if you've been in a season where it feels like things haven't clicked or you're stuck in a rut or you're facing challenges or a lot of heartache or pain, um, it can it's a super vulnerable feeling to hope because you're you're or to, to think that things can change, right? It it's yeah. it's a lot safer emotionally to assume things aren't gonna get better. Um there's plenty of evidence for doom. If you haven't like been on social media <laughs> or read a news article recently, like the algorithms are are gonna keep sending us negative things because those get more attention and more clicks. Um, so I think it's hard. It can be hard to be hopeful. I, I do like the idea of. And I, I'm not. I hope this isn't heard from anybody who's, who's in the midst of a, a bunch of pain or challenge. Too, like this isn't supposed to be trite. Like just try hard to hope. Like I, yeah, I'm not saying that in the least. Um, but I, I think to be at some level a, a healthy human that is able to contribute to the world, I think you have to. Like, if that's this idea of, of like um, we're part of this community, we're trying to live as a beneficial presence of, in the world. If our if at our core we're like I can't change, and I my, nothing in my situation can change, it's it's hard to I think contribute to making the world a better place if you if you wear that as your default. So yeah. even if you can't wear that all the time. Given that challenge of your season, I think adopting a hopeful posture or some uh, maybe once a week or an hour a week, I'm going to like let my mind go towards what could be and how I might be able to change and grow into a more beautiful version of myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I think that adopting that as a value would be really good. Like if, if more people, I think it's more uncommon than it is common to choose to be hopeful. And again, that isn't to say that there isn't reason to not hope but I think it helps us live more beautifully when we when we live that way, or when we commit to that type of life. Um, yeah. I think it gives us a better chance, at least, at one, changing. Like, if you think you're never gonna change and nothing will change, like, you're probably right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so, But if you adopt an, an attitude or mentality that things could change and I could grow, um, I think that increases your chances of it being true. Um, and I certainly think it helps with making the world more beautiful. I was
0: was rereading part of this book this morning before we were getting on here. And I found this part that I didn't register the first time. But again, I cried when I read it this morning. And she's talking (laughs) about because she's um, from a Jewish heritage and her husband is from a Christian heritage. So she has a lot of these conversations about what are they doing for their kids. And she talked about how um, she surprised herself by wanting her daughter to have a Christmas morning. And that she felt a little bit like an imposter. And um she said, I even put her in some red and green pajamas friends had given us. Who am I right now? I asked John, her husband. <laughs> and then she wrote this maybe just a mom who wants her child to have everything wonderful there is under the sun.
1: Yeah.
0: I get teary to saying that I know, no. like there's I mean. I just feel like, isn't that one of the most aspirational things that you could hope for with a holiday is a reminder that, you know, we're people who just want wonderful things for the people in our life. And if you can have a holiday remind you of that and give you ways to act on it, then like, how beautiful.
1: That's so beautiful. I think it's pretty natural as a parent to want that for your kids. I think it can be hard to allow yourself to want that for yourself or yeah. to um believe it's even possible so I, I do love the motivation or the um the mind like it tricks us into thinking as possible which
0: mm-hmm. again
1: like part of life is believing things are possible <laughs> in order to i think start to move forward with it so i love that idea yeah
0: i think um lastly too and this is kind of the same but um this idea like i just said of asked like aspiring I feel like Christmas serves up this like opportunities to be all the things you've wanted to be, to be generous Mm -hmm. and joyful and, um, you know, to celebrate peace on earth, all of these things. Like it's like an inferno of thinking of these things and trying to imagine how do I do this in my life? And, you know, I'll admit like, I think Andy and I are generous people, but we're way more generous during the holiday season. It just is the way it is. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity to be reminded of that. Like these are people, this is the type of person we want to be. And Christmas reminds me of that.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about that too. I was thinking, I kind of listed out like, what are the things that Christmas, like I do because it's Christmas. Like I do these things and I was, I was just thinking about like, well, I'm more, I try to be more patient (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like, I'm open to like, like, I want to like extend love to my friends and family, and I like want to be loved by them, right? Giving and receiving of love, you know, like a really important thing about being a human is to be able to give and receive love. Um, I want to have gratitude. So, like, the kids asked me what I want for Christmas this year, and like, I've kind of moved on from like it, like it making or breaking. Like how good my Christmas goes, like what, what I get. Like I had to give that one up. Like <laughs> Christmas is either going to go great or not, depending on what gifts I ask for and receive.
0: Um, uh, yeah. has, I have already bought all of my own gifts. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, you know what? Like if it's not like, important to me. Here like... it is. This is the, what's which one is in the red paper.
1: <laughs> this right.
0: is what you got me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I'm not going to be like mad at my brother-in-law all year long because like he didn't give me the right exact thing. Whatever. Like I can still like, I want to like enjoy the the day. It doesn't have to be about receiving. Yes. Um, so it's just like, it's Christmas is a natural, just like a Thanksgiving, but it's a natural like time to be grateful. It's to be thankful like that I get to see my dad and my mom and that I get to see my in-laws and I get to see grandma and I get to like hug somebody and look them in the eyes. I get to say, I love you to people and, re- and hear people say, I love you too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's, I was reminded like what's silly about that or embarrassing is that like, those are the things that I should be doing every day. Like Christmas is just an excuse or a really easy time to do those without it feeling like, um, I don't know, it just feels very natural. And, yeah. and I think that even to pause and reflect like the holiday piece you talked about, like you have to take a day off and you have to not do much. Like you're, Like you're hosting friends and you're like, probably not working on christmas Mm -hmm. day other than like throwing wrapping paper in the garbage or whatever right like it's a it's a kind of a pause from work those things are good to be doing week in and week out and i just love that christmas challenges us to live out those values in a way that feels like we have an excuse
0: yeah and i think too i'm just sitting here listening to you talk and thinking these are all jesus things you know um yeah if you really again like boil down what i think jesus was about it's these kinds of things um so i still think there's so much room at least for me in this like the birth of christ the the birth of all of these things in us and to remind ourselves that we have it in us and yeah you know, it's We have it in us all year round, but December 25th and all the things around it help us remember. And I think, you know, just to close, I think that's what we have been talking about and what we're excited to kind of keep pursuing this next year is just this idea of rituals, which is essentially a thing that we do to remind ourselves of what's true, to remind Mm -hmm. ourselves of the type of person we want to be. And um, Christmas is a ritual and there are so many other things and we're going to be talking about those which makes me so excited i'm so excited for yeah. 2023 um but just kind of asking the question like what are we doing to infuse our life with meaning and what kinds of things can remind us to do that and uh, yeah that's what i think christmas is for me and what i'm looking forward to for this next year
1: me too and we hope you'll keep following along. We hope you'll keep listening and hopefully finding a couple ideas, maybe even like um, just be challenged to kind of like reflect on your, like what you're already thinking about for this Christmas and how you can now spend the next couple weeks in, during this window. I'm um, just being more thankful or more reflective or um, more challenged to be hopeful. Um, regardless of your takeaway, the hope is that as you're following along, you're just inspired to live a little bit more intentionally. And I'm thankful thankful for the christmas season the ritual of it because it's a reminder for all of us that these things like you said are in us right that we can anticipate that we we can all be a little bit more vulnerable to hope for better things to come for ourselves and for others um we all can be a bit more generous we all can be a bit more patient we all can be a bit better at giving love and more open to receiving love um and i love what you said about like just the jesus part of it too that he's this embodiment or archetypal Story of somebody that lived those values out. And if we can be in a community or in a season that reminds us that we have that in us too, um, it's just encouraging to know that, like, I'm capable of those things. I'm capable of patience. I'm capable of generosity. I'm capable of love. (laughs) And I just need to be reminded that that's in me so I can do it more regularly. So hopefully that can be encouraging to uh, everybody.
0: Yeah. I think I'm just thinking of, you know, maybe you can ask yourself this Christmas why. And what am I celebrating? And I think our wish, Peter, my wish for you is that you find hope and joy with whatever your answer is. So, I love it. Thanks, for, <laughs> today. Merry Thanks Christmas. Christmas. for listening. Merry, Christmas, Merry to Christmas. See you in 2023.
1: <laughs> Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.